Welcome to Marketing for a Digital World, a podcast series introducing students to a variety of marketing professionals as they share practical career advice, examples, and stories from their careers to help students deepen their understanding of foundational marketing theory and practice. These episodes are hosted by British Columbia Institute of Technology professor Tracy Renzullo and are a key feature within the new interactive textbook of the same name authored by Scott Erickson the Charles A. Dana Professor and Chair of Marketing in the School of Business at Ithaca College. New podcast episodes are available for free each week during the 2022-23 academic year, providing listeners with thought-provoking and movement-enabling content that can be absorbed on the bus, at the gym, or walking between classes. Marketing for a Digital World is produced by Flip Learning, a publisher of exciting new books for undergraduates, authored exclusively by professors who have won major teaching awards. For more information about this new introductory marketing textbook, as well as our other titles, please click the link or go to fliplearning.com. Thank you, Kyle, for joining me today. Pleasure, Tracy. Thanks for having me. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you today about marketing, communications, and media, your area of expertise at Media Hub. Now, before we get into that, I'd like to go back to your days as a student and sort of give some context to our students listening in terms of, you know, what you studied, why you chose the areas uh, that you concentrated in at Ithaca. Yeah, so at Ithaca College, I was an integrated marketing communications and sports studies, a dual degree student, dual major. Um, Integrated marketing communications, uh, that was what I came into Ithaca, that major. Um, I participated in a club in high school called DECA, or the Distributive Education Clubs of America. It was a a marketing club in high school. Did well in that, enjoyed what I did, um, creating integrated marketing plans for uh, clients and case studies and presenting them at competition. Uh, So I came in as an integrated marketing communication student. Sports studies I added later. Um, That I was enjoying the way that uh, the program approached different major issues affecting the world today and and, and just different areas of study through the lens of sport. I thought it was a really fun and and interesting way to approach a lot of these different subjects, such as philosophy and and sociology. Um, So that's what led me to to sports studies. But um, integrated marketing communications was my first love, and that's really the one that relates more directly to what I do today. I know there was a marketing campaign that you created when you were at school with a couple of your students that I saw was also quoted in USA Today, which is amazing. So their campaign was uh, My Blood is Good. And I'm hoping you can give us a bit of a background because it sounds like that was your very first successful marketing campaign. Yeah, it was very interesting. I had a lot of people ask me, you know, was it for a class? And it wasn't. But I was able to use everything I learned in class for a, a real, a quote, real life campaign. During my senior year at Ithaca College, there was a week that sought to celebrate um, different minorities on campus. And the, I believe the, the Friday or the Thursday was for LGBTQ students. And there were a bunch of events planned for that day, highlighting kind of LGBTQ history and different opportunities for LGBTQ students at Ithaca College. And also that day was a blood drive on campus. And um, in my family, they are big advocates of giving blood. It's something I've always wanted to do. But when researching what I would need to do to give blood, I found out that if you were a gay man who had participated in relations with, with another gay man in the past year, 
um, you couldn't donate blood. So this was a, a wide-sweeping rule that was created at the beginning of the AIDS crisis. It had been visited a bit, but um, it was just largely very discriminatory towards the LGBTQ population. So what my campaign, My Blood is Good, sought to do was to feature um, both gay men and, and some other groups as well that were unjustly barred from donating blood and feature them in, in a very visual photo campaign. And whenever I released the campaign, I, you know, I was able to tap into some other students at Ithaca College who were um, working in, who had majors in photo um, and photography um, so, and, and, and visual arts. So they were able to help me mock up the posters. And I kind of took over working on press releases um, and contacting news organizations who would ultimately help pick it up. And the, it got an initial bump when we first released the campaign, but a few months after the campaign was released, um, the Pulse tragedy in Orlando happened. And that really also highlighted uh, the effect that all these gay men had friends who were, you know, dying or have died, and they all they want to do is donate blood to help their friends and help their friends and family who were affected by this crisis, and they couldn't because of the law on the books. Um, picked up by USA Today, picked up by a few... Um, news organizations, I believe Syracuse and Elmira, some of the local ABC stations um, in those regions picked it up as well. Did some interviews for that, just helping draw awareness to the fact that um, these laws are on the books and they needed to be revisited and reversed. And has there been any progress in that regard? There has. It went down from um, a year, and I believe it's now down to three months. There was a, a break between we're down to six months, now it's down to three months. The ultimate goal would be to obviously remove the law completely. But the progress that we've seen so far has been encouraging. Now, when you when you talk about LGBTQ issues and diversity and inclusion, do you think marketers have come far enough? I, I think we're getting there. No matter what, there's always work to be done. There's always more you can be doing. Um, I, I think that marketers have taken great strides over the past few years. I think the push by the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as movements that kind of spurred off the Black Lives Matter movement, have pushed marketers in the right direction. I was talking with all the brands I've worked on and, and even helping with other brands as well on how to craft a Black Lives Matter statement, how to do so authentically, um, how to you know market to the LGBTQ population um, during Pride Month and how to do so authentically because a lot of brands just think changing your logo to a rainbow is enough and that's not the case. You know, e even recently, news has broken over the past um, few weeks where uh, there's been a demand by black-owned media corporations for advertisers to spend more dollars with black-owned media. Um, historically, you know, the amount of media that is naturally available through black-owned media channels is roughly 5%. Um, then historically, advertisers have spent 1% to 2%. So there's a discrepancy there. It's definitely we're moving in the right direction. There's more that can be done. I'm interested to see how these next few years play out and how these companies go about making sure that the, these commitments um, that they're making actually, you know, are met. Um, but we're, we're getting there. Now, Kyle, before um, starting at Media Hub, you took on a fellow um, opportunity and um, that landed an internship with Havaz. So can you talk about how you got that opportunity and what extra value that provided to you as you applied into media positions? 
Yes. Yeah. So my senior year, junior year at Ithaca College, I was on the fence of whether or not I wanted to go into marketing or advertising or, or pursue something else. Um, so I didn't take internships in advertising or marketing, um, which by and large help you get roles at media agencies, advertising agencies, or at least help you figure out what you want to do or don't want to do in, in that space. So I, I was a little bit behind and, um, you know, what the fellow opportunity did is through IRTS, um, which used to stand for the Internet Radio and Television Society, but have since just changed it to IRTS. Um, it's it's a fellowship that pays for ten, pays you to live in New York City for 10 weeks, gives you housing and places you at a media agency, at a broadcast company, at a tech company, at a production house, whatever bit of media or whatever kind of facet of media you're interested in the organization the fellowship helps you find the internship that's going to best help you achieve your goals and help match your interests so i got the fellowship um you know i believe it, i was able to showcase that i wanted to use media and i wanted to use this the, what i learned at ithaca college um in some way to help the lgbtq community it was a community that helped me really feel okay with who I am. It, I identify the community. They gave a lot back to me, helped support me during rough times. I wanted to give back to the community to um, as much as I could to help grow the community and help the community, you know, reach out to other people in the same position I was. So um, I described kind of what I wanted to do in the LGBTQ advocacy space. And then ironically enough, you know, my blood is good came around during the second round of interviews for this. So I talked about wanting to do something like this and was able to show, hey, I have the skills to make this happen and it's already starting to take off. You know, I, given the shot, I, I want to do this with brands. I want to do this with media agencies. You know, I have a passion for this. And I, I believe that passion really showed through. I got the fellowship in the summer of 2016. The fellowship placed me at Havas Media. I learned on the Louis Vuitton Moe Hennessy account, which is a big piece of business. Um, it sits across all their fashion house brands, spirit brands, makeup brands, etc. And I was doing print media uh, during that time at Havas. So um, it, it really pointed me in the right direction and showed me that, you know, this is what media agency life is like. I loved it, couldn't get enough, and it really set me off on my career and gave me that internship experience that I wasn't able to get due to my indecision earlier. So that access that IRTS created for me was very valuable. So do you think that that sort of contributed to your decision to pursue a career in the media field? Was it that internship opportunity that exposed you to things that you would not otherwise have been exposed to? Definitely. Yeah. It, I mean, before that, I, I thought maybe, you know, oh, being, you know, being a content manager for a social media for a brand or, or something in that direction. But this internship experience and, and even, you know, the fellowship experience, talking to people who did manage social feeds for brands and seeing what their life was like and, and learning from them. I, you know, I found out this, this is not what I want to do. Um, but, you know, the media agency experience working at, at Havas, uh, working with the, t the crew that I did there and with the, on the client that I did there, it, it really opened my eyes to what was possible. Um, you know, without that, I, I, I took a media planning course at the college. I loved it. So I had an inkling that media is what I wanted to do. And, and that's kind of what led me to apply for a media planning path in that fellowship. But I wouldn't have known without that fellowship what media planning was like. And it, it was, um, you know, by and large, the reason why I'm still in media planning today. So can you talk a bit about your various positions at Media Hub? Because I want to get uh, more into your role there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think, you know, 
starting off at, at Media Hub, you know, what it really allowed me to do. And I would say your first six to 12 months in a media agency or in, in a certain role in a media agency um, is just, you're going to be a sponge. You're going to have to learn. Um, where you can help out and where you can jump in on things and where you can do things you're going to want to do, but it's primarily learning. Um, a lot of it is learning different softwares, whether that be ad serving softwares or media planning softwares or, you know, keeping different major documents that, that clients use to track media. But you are a sponge that first six to 12 months asking questions, soaking up information, just learning as much as possible. From there, you want to try to start to show that you are not only learning these things and asking these questions, but you're understanding and are able to kind of start connecting the dots. There's that time about six to 12 months in where the light bulb turns on and all of a sudden all these different tools and softwares and processes that we kind of do in a vacuum and teach in a vacuum to ensure that you're getting the details of, they all kind of come together and they can see how it's creating a full media plan and how all these processes tie back to good client service and, and making you know media actually run for the client. So that happens about six to 12 months in. Different media agencies will ask you to do these to a different level of expertise. Um, you know, Media Hub is probably on the quicker side. We're usually about like 12 to 18 months in is usually about where you get promoted the first time if you're doing well on things. Some media agencies, it's a minimum of 24 months. You're an assistant planner, just kind of how things are. From there, you're going to be promoted to a media planner or a senior media planner. And really what these are is you go from just doing these processes to really leading them and you start leading a small team. So as a media planner and a senior media planner, you're going to have assistants working underneath of you on these things and you're responsible to start leading these processes, start leading some of these media planning processes, talking to vendors, bringing in new ideas, um, thinking of new media channels, new media executions and, and bubbling them up in conversations you have with your leadership so that they include it in the strategy. That's really what you're doing at the media planner and senior planner level as you start to lead those processes. During my um, time at Media Hub and you know, as this moving assistant to planner to senior planner, I was very fortunate in that Media Hub was growing. So there were new clients being won. Um, as an assistant planner, we won Chipotle. Um, and I was able to help jump in and get that account up and running um, right at the beginning of, of that uh, onboarding process. And then um, I had some people also above me leave while the account was growing on LL Bean. So um, was able to kind of showcase, okay, I can take on more, I can handle more. And because of that, you know, they were able to say, okay, he's checking off all the boxes. He's doing all the things he needs to do to move up. Once you're at a supervisor level, which is usually the third or fourth step, and then associate director level, what that is is that you know how to do everything else beneath of you. Now you're really in charge of the strategy and the client service element. You are the ones interacting with the client. You have to be responsible for everything that comes through. You're checking everything um, 10 times before it goes through the client to make sure it's correct. But you're also stewards the media strategy more. So that's been my experience so far. Um, you know, it's been a, I've been on L.L. Bean, very fortunate to be on L.L. Bean all four and a half plus years I've been at the media agency now while also jumping off working on some other brands like JetBlue Card, like Chipotle, like Bloomin' Brands. Um, so I can, I can learn just different aspects of business and then different ways that people run their business, um, but also, you know, have an effect on, on these brands as well, which, you know, I enjoy learning the, the challenges and the strategies um, that each brand has. Is there somebody 
at Media Hub who acted as a mentor for you? Yeah, so there, there were two people. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that LL Bean, when we first joined the account, it was a smaller account. So I got to do a little bit more on the account than I think what I would have if I joined a larger account right away. Um, but Jade Watts, who is now the chief media officer at Media Hub, back when I started, she was LL Bean's group media director. And in the interim, she was the head of the Boston office. So um, she's been a media for a while and is just highly revered in the Boston media industry on how to be good stewards for your clients, but also how to run the team, learn, onboard people. I had her as a mentor very early on. She taught me to, you know, never stop asking questions, always be inquisitive. My first media plan that I ever put in front of her, uh, I put it in front of her for LL Bean and she looked at it and said, you know, if this was a project in school, you'd get an A on it. You'd do everything we asked you to, but you know, at Media Hub, we try to push our clients, do a little bit more, so go replan it. And that just that mindset was just so different to me and so unique to me. I also had Brennan Marisi, um, who was a mentor to me. He's been on the LL Bean account since we've won it. Um, he was the only out queer person at the office that I knew of. I was very fortunate to have him on LL Bean with me. And he really showed me, you know, not only how to, you know, plan media, be a good steward for your client. But he's also taught me, you know, how to live authentically and be my most authentic self in a professional setting. And I've learned a lot from him and had that mentorship since day one. And I'm, you know, grateful to him for that. So two really great mentors. I've had several more. I could I could go on for days. Now, you sound super passionate about your job, Kyle. I love that. I love the way you talk about your job. What do you love most about your job? Well, I mean, the two biggest things. One, I'll say the people. The, the people who work there are just from such different backgrounds and just different walks of life. Like my, my current boss on Bloomin is an English major. And he, you know, did not study media in college and study marketing, didn't study, you know, any of that. But he found his way into media. And because he has a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching things, it's opened up my mind to so much more and, and different processes and different ways of, of phrasing things or different ways of selling something through to sell something through that we haven't been able to in the past. You know, that's something that Media Hub does a really good job of and why I enjoy working with my job is there's so many different backgrounds and different, even for different areas of the country, international, different countries. I'm around people from such a, a wide variety of backgrounds that, you know, by the time we put media in front of a client, it has gone through such a strong internal vetting process that we typically know or have an idea of how it might be perceived, how to already answer questions they may have, and it makes us look more confident when presenting to sell through a lot of these unique and creative ideas. And two, the second big reason is, and, and why I love media in general is because it's constantly changing. I would be so bored at going to a job that is very similar each day, doing the same exact things day in, day out. Media is not that. It's, uh, I think, makes things more difficult in some ways. And you have to like learning. If you thought that when you graduated college, you know, you're done with learning, this may not be the job for you. Um, but it, it's such a fun industry to be in and that the people are just top notch. So for students who are interested in a career in media, obviously they have to have a passion for lifelong learning, but what would you say some of the other skills are that they require to be successful in a media job? Yeah, so the, I think the first thing is you need to be willing to be a good communicator and you, you can learn this on the job. I, I, I say that media, you know, it's, it's always great if you have, have taken courses or have internships in the background, but 
you know, 90 to 95% of what you need to know, we can teach you on, on job, but be willing to be a great communicator. You are constantly talking to clients. You're talking to people internally. You're talking to other media agencies. You're talking to media vendors and you are constantly communicating in a professional way. So that professional communication, yes, you know, verbal, but may also written, being able to communicate things concisely and clearly in a written communication. Those are the more of the soft skills that, um, you know, maybe you don't talk about as much, but I, I found so, so helpful. Also presenting, um, you know, PowerPoints, people hate presenting. Um, that's a big thing. Number two, group projects, media agencies and agency life are just big group projects. You're going to have to learn to love those and learn to do those and learn how to, uh, handle it when people don't pull their weight and how to make sure that the overall project doesn't suffer. So that's a, a big learning experience as well. And then the last thing I'll say is, you know, aside from the other, the passion, the group projects and being a communicator is not being afraid of numbers. You need to be able to look at a data set and figure out how to just look at it to understand what it's saying and also at a very high level manipulate it so that you can figure out what it's saying. Now, Kyle, how do you balance work life? Do you have balance or does it shift? Does it come ebb and flow? The, the ebb and flow is big. And I, I think that, you know, agents in agency life, you know, it, the, the nine to five is, is a bit of a, a dream, you know, is, is it achievable? I would even say most days. Yes, it can be, you know, it's all about how you choose to spend your time at, while working. Um, you know, if you're choosing to maybe engage in more of the social and like talk to people and, you know, interact with more of your friends while at media agency, you might be working till six 30 at night instead of working, getting off at five or five 30. Um, that's just kind of how things are, but you know, is it possible to go in day in, day out and do nine to five most days? Yes. Media in general ebbs and flows. You're going to have your late nights, but you know, a lot of times it's not just going to be you sitting there at a computer by yourself, the last man standing, um, it's going to be the whole teams there and, you know, working on a late night. It's, it's an environment where you're, you know, working together and having fun and, you know, someone will order dinner to the office and, you know, you can r- rally around that while working late on something. So just kind of how advertising in general is, how media is, you know, it's the industry. Um, that being said, you can set, you know, b- get boundaries and guidelines, even from when you're an assistant. Last thing I'll say is that use your PTO and use it smartly. Um, we at Media Hub get a limited PTO, which is both a blessing and a curse because you're less likely to take it because you aren't losing days. But it's it's fantastic because you get to take whenever you want as long as it's approved by your manager. But even if you don't have a limited, take the time off, take the break. You'll be amazed. Even just taking off like a random Tuesday during the week and coming back on that Wednesday, how much more recharged you feel coming into it and more willing to work and dive into things than if you hadn't. So that's you know using PTO, using it smartly and um, – just creating those boundaries with your boss from, from day one, I think is, is really important. So Kyle, what's next for you? Yeah, I, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm, I'm trying to do more to make Media Hub um, a place where people of all backgrounds know they're welcome and, and, and inclusive. So one, one way I'm doing that, I'm creating a media um, mentorship program for people who are in college. It's not an internship, so there's no like requirement of being online for a certain period of time, but just pairing people with mentors who may have not had access to the media industry. So BIPOC, LGBTQ, first-gen college students, um, that group of people 
creating a mentorship program for them so they know what media is, can figure out, you know, is this a career path for me? Is um, That's really the big project I'm working on along with working on my clients and working on everything else. This has been amazing, Kyle. Just one last question for you. I think from a media perspective, we've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. It's been super interesting, so thank you. So just final words of advice that you would have for students listening today, personal advice, business advice. What do you want to leave our students with? I would say my one last piece of advice is don't be afraid to be yourself and don't be afraid to show yourself. You know, it can be nerve wracking, especially if, if, you know, you have identities that have been historically prejudiced against at a certain time. Um, but where you can, you know, find that courage, be yourself and it'll open up doors like you don't even imagine. That's my, my last piece of advice. <laughs>